based off of my life experiences, I had a different perception than what my parents had in their life experiences. And, um, you know, the way my grandfather ran the business was different from how my dad ran the business. It's different than how I run the business. And, um, and there's no wrong way about it because we're still in business, right? We have been successful for so long. So um, I think it just kind of shows that there is some kind of, you know, as times change and people change and your employees change and the generational uh, mindset changes with your employees, you know, and your company growing, it's obviously change needs to happen. And I think they recognize that. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Okay, welcome to Peer Talk. There are a number of great business owners out there, just like yourself, who would love to share their experiences with you, and we hope to give them a voice. Today on Peer Talk, we will focus on continuation planning and that involves succession to the next generation. Um, we'll look at the operational transition of Alberto Pianelli into F&B Rentals leadership. Um, we'll also touch on financial and legal transition of a business uh, near the end of our uh, podcast. Um, Alberto um, started in rental like many um, young um children do in families that are focused in rental and he took some time away from rental and didn't come back till he was about 26 or 27 uh, at which point he has committed himself to getting involved with leading F&B rentals. He also serves others through uh, the ARA American Rental Association uh, currently the president of ARA of California he was very active um, and served on the first YPN board uh, for Young Professionals Network and was involved in the Anaheim planning uh, for the show and been active with legislature, uh, legislative issues in California as well as nationally. Welcome to another episode of Peer Talk. Today we have Alberto Pianelli from F&B Rentals. Um, welcome, Alberto. Uh, thank you so much, Stan, for having me. Hey, no problem. We are very excited to have you. Um, you know, we've had a few people on from Southern California, and but on the party side, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, equipment rental. And you know, you are in a position where you've taken over from a succession standpoint from Rob and Jessica Shipley. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about F and B and how you got started in rental? Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if we really want to go, so what got us started, it was my grandfather. Uh, he came from, you know, after he got out of the army during the, after the Korean War, uh, he had an opportunity to work with a cousin in Southern California who owned a gas station. And uh, so he began working at the gas station and later on opened his own gas station and then started running U-Hauls from the gas station. And then U-Haul said, uh, wow, you're doing really well. So we're going to open up three more stores around you. And my grandfather didn't like that. So he said, you know what? I bet I can be more successful if I open up my, you know, if I bought my own trailers and I rented out my own stuff. So uh, the family business really started with uh, my grandpa Shipley. He 
in, during, in the sixties, you know, he, he rented everything from trailers to motorhomes to whatever you can think of. And that's how we kind of got started. And then he opened up three stores. He opened up, uh, two Shipley's rentals and then an F and B rentals. Uh, F&B Reynolds was founded on July, uh, July 5th of 1975. And, uh, and F&B actually stands for Fran and Bob, which is uh, my grandparents, uh, their initials. And so my dad started running out little things. It was literally just him and one other guy um, running the, the show for a long time. And... And he slowly, over over the years, built it up into what it is today. And I've had the uh, opportunity to help it grow. So I came into the business when I was a teenager. Really, it was uh, my mom trying to keep me out of trouble during the summertime. Uh, I was kind of a little bit of a wild child. And so they thought it was best that I come to work with my dad and, you know, serve washing machines and we had dogs then we had dogs guarding our place so i'd clean up the dog poop and you know like, i was just you know but yeah, i mean the opportunity as you know a, a teenager even like a preteen when i was doing little odds and ends around here was that i got to learn how to drive i learned how the equipment i learned how to wrench on stuff i learned a lot of the basics of you know I think it's basics today of the rental industry, you know, just understanding and looking for different things. And, and it was such a, at the time, of course, I thought it was annoying and boring, but uh, looking back at it, I'm really grateful for those experiences of learning how to tie down things, learning how to, you know, change oil and learn how to change a tire, what to look for. And, and uh, it's just, it's something that is super valuable to me. I mean, I, I learned how to, drive stick shift and you know all these different things and when I turned 18 uh, I was I jumped in the truck and I started doing deliveries you know and, and for an 18 year old you know jumping in a rollback truck with you know 10,000 pounds on the back and doing deliveries was the dream you know that was my dream I loved it I love making deliveries I love the, the service aspect of uh, our business and I you know, I was really good on the phones and taking orders. And so it was, it was awesome. It was, I'm glad I grew up with it. So it's, it's interesting. Like, um, you know, obviously it, it's a hands-on industry. It's, it's definitely uh, almost like a sandbox you're going to play in, right? To, whether it be the equipment or the customers or the employees. So you're, um, so Rob's running it. You, you're coming in you, later on. Your, your brother comes in. Um, your Rob's, what were his strengths and, you know, speak about Jessica as well as she touches the business. But, you know, when we look at the business development, we look at, you know, people and managing people, managing the assets, uh, choosing the assets, uh, managing the customer uh, experience, and then obviously sales and marketing, growing the business. So, uh, and, and of course, then you have the financials on the back end, which we can't forget about. But uh, what would you say, Rob, what would you say Rob's strength was? when you were getting, you know, formative and starting to, to get more involved? Yeah, absolutely. I think what his strength was is that, and continues to be is, he remembers everything. And he also, it's like, you know, when it comes down to numbers 
and looking at return on investment and looking at those things, he can process it all in his brain. Uh, I, I'm the kind of person I need to put it in a spreadsheet. I need to see the visuals uh, for it to make sense. Uh, but with, with Rob, it's like, you know, you talk about numbers with him and he's doing the math in his head and he'll tell you, you know, whatever, you know, piece of equipment, you know, some random number like 49,600, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you know, that equipment only made, you know, 71%. And he can tell you exactly what that number was. And, you know, so that, that was always his strength. And I think also he was, you know, what, Growing the business where it was so small, we had the opportunity because we really—I mean—he really serviced. Just it was the local people. It was like the the weekend warriors uh, doing home repairs, and so a lot of the equipment we have is really small. You know, like little demo hammers, you know, saws, different things. So he he was he knew everything that he needed to know about that equipment, and so he knew in his mind, okay, this equipment it's going to be useless in three years and we just got to replace it where this piece of equipment is good for seven years. And that's when we know we need to replace it. So he had a really good grasp on his whole business, you know, and, and, uh, and he really did a good job at figuring out what works, what, what niches works for us as a business. Uh, so, I mean, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. So obviously, you know, a lot of uh, generational businesses like yours, they're focused initially on the oper operational transition. And so they've got to go through this, this kind of um, gymnastics of, of seeing, you know, do, does our progeny, does our next generation have the ability to do what we do? Um, because as you described, he had a knack for just being good with numbers and uh, assessing um, utilization pretty well. So how did they introduce you? Like, did, did they have a plan? Was there a training plan or did they, they basically say, let's keep him out in the yard as best, you know, as much as we can. And then eventually we'll, you know, introduce him to the computer. Well, when I was 19, I, I mean, I had always been involved, but we had Florida rental since 2000. Right. And so we were one of the very first customers for Florida rental. And so, uh, in 2005, I stepped away from the business at the end of 2005, and I went to school. Um, I was 19 at the time when I kind of went away from the business, and I uh, moved up to L.A. and, you know, was just learning life as a young man and went to work up there in a totally different field. I worked with uh, and, and a dual diagnosis um drug and alcohol and, you know, mental, uh, uh, mental health facility for adolescents up in LA. And then I went to school for that. I went to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor. And so I did that. So, I mean, my, my whole focus in life really turned away from it. I was pretty successful up in LA. Um, and I did that. And I remember my parents calling me, uh, probably, you know, seven years later and asked me, Hey, you know, what interest do you have on, you know, taking over the business? You know, do you want to come back? Do you want to do this? They were really starting to plan their, their life 
and saying, you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to, you know, my brother's 10 years younger than I am. So he was still in uh, high school. Uh, he was still in school. So, they didn't, you know, they weren't really seeing him as like, well, you know, what, what's the options here? So uh, I saw it as an opportunity to keep our family legacy going. I felt comfortable with the rental industry. Um, I, I felt like the, the experience that I had uh, working in mental health and um, all that and going to school really helped me understand people a lot more. And that kind of helped transition me to kind of come back. And, and I'm a firm believer that you can have multiple careers and do whatever you want to do uh, and put your mind to it, you know? So I jumped back in and, you know, at first they started me out, out as a salesperson, you know, and I told them, Hey, if I'm going to come back, you know, I want to take over. And, and so, uh, I started as a salesperson, then assistant manager and then manager. And, and a lot of the times, you know, I think, uh, I think the hardest part working for family is that your family's your boss, right? And, uh, and it's like, you're working for your family and a lot of the decisions that are made are based for the, what's best for the business and not necessarily sometimes what's best for your ego and pride. And, you know, so there was a lot of times, you know, and I think a lot of other uh, people, you know, when I talk to other, other guys and gals that their parents run the business, you know, I, I hear the same thing where it's like we bumped heads. And, um, you know, when you work for family, there's, you know, my ideas and your ideas. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think my, my dad would lie about it either. I mean, you know, we bumped heads a little bit because I had a certain way of like, hey, this is what I think we should do. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful that my parents allowed me some slack to make decisions and enough slack to like make some mistakes in the rental industry. Like uh, what, what decision making is to like, what do, we, what do we do with this customer? How do we handle this? That they can provide learning lessons for me, but it's not, you know, it was like I had to kind of get re-educated in some of those aspects. And it was a humbling experience, but I needed that to become a stronger general manager for our business. Uh, you know, you have to go through some of those, those learning aspects to be like, okay, you know, you can't just, you know, not all the customers are have the best intentions for your equipment, you know, just stuff like that. And, and it was good. It was a good learning lesson. Uh, and I'm, I'm very good. How old were you when you came back? You know, I want to say I was 27. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. And, you know, we've, we've seen that with, um, you know, some really powerful operations where, uh, the younger generation goes away and does outside work, comes back later and has a lot of different experiences. I mean, you, you just basically identified like how you can all of a sudden mature into, to people management, people strategy, interacting with, with the employees and, and understanding, you know, where they're coming from as well as, you know, as well as being part of management. Right. So um, now you, so you came so you came back at that point, it was pretty clear you, the intention was, okay, Alberto's coming back. He's going to, at some point want to 
you know, take the lead on this. Did you guys discuss what that would look like timing wise or, you know, no, it was, the training wheels off at some point or, you know, I think my parents discussed it. They never really got discussed with me. Um, but to be honest, it's kind of, uh, I think I had an idea of how fast I wanted to go and they had an idea of what, how fast I needed to go. And, uh, to be honest, we never really talked about it. And, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, like I said, I, based off of my life experiences, I had a different perception than what my parents had in their life experiences. And, um, you know, the way my grandfather ran the business was different th from how my dad ran the business. It's different than how I run the business. And, uh, and there's no wrong way about it because we're still in business, right? We have been successful for so long. So um, I think it just kind of shows that there is some kind of, you know, as times change and people change and your employees change and the generational uh, mindset changes with your employees, you know, and your company growing, it's obviously change needs to happen. And I think they recognize that. Um, and now we do communicate more uh, about our plans for things. I do have a lot of say in what we do in our business, but you know, I, I respect my family enough where we actually have a board meeting every week. We have a board of directors meeting and we sit down and we talk about what we're going to do each week and what our plans are and kind of discuss the things that we're knocking off our list and the, the things that we're working on or the goals that we have that we need to take care of and, you know, so right now it's almost, you know, it, it, I, I see it as uh, I run the day-to-day -day operations, a lot of the back-end stuff, a lot of the financing, the money is handled by uh, my father. And, and he'll say, okay, you have, this is, you know, this is how much we can spend on, spend this year. And he doesn't necessarily get so much involved on what we need to purchase. That's That's me, right? Now, what the human resource, uh, human resources aspect, and making sure people's, you know, uh, are are taking care on the human uh, resources side. That's my mom, you know, and, and she handles a lot of that. She handles the payroll, you know. So, to be honest, I'm grateful to have that team. We've we've created a, a solid team that, you know, because I think that I'd be even more stressed if I had had to handle the payroll and the human resources side or you know, my dad's going out there securing the loans that we need for the next time we buy stuff. So all those things are very helpful to me. Um, it's all stuff that, you know, I've cross-trained with them about, you know, if I had to step in and do payroll, I could. Um, if I needed to talk to the banks, I could, you know. But I think my dad still really likes controlling the money aspects of things. Um, you know, and... and to his credit, I, I, I would see why, you know, this is his retirement, you know, I mean, this is, this is his, his future too, you know, so. It's, it's actually really uh, a compelling design if you're able, not everybody can do this, but you think about it, he, he kind of evolves into a CFO role, which you know, and I know that if you get someone doing bookkeeping, the CFO can just be there for the critical needs. Uh, it's, a, it's an outstanding move. I think, you know, if you're going to exit at some point, that would be your 
your exit path, right? You go from operator to that. And then on, on your mom's side, having her on the uh, HR side, those are two great supporting roles that you would depend on anyway, right? So you would have to, right. if they leave eventually, you're going to have to replace them. It it's, may not be your strength. So you've evolved over time. If you look at the business and you look at the asset management, um, you know, obviously the classifications of assets and the customers and then your workforce, what are, what are your strengths right now? How have you evolved and what, what would you say is where you're really humming? You know, I would say my biggest strengths are in my management skills when it comes down to employees. Um, I, I feel confident in my ability to lead a team and to communicate my needs from my team and uh, also just realizing the reality of who is on my team, you know, um, and really trying to elevate people. And I've learned a long time ago that if I micromanage, uh, then people are going to constantly wait around for me to come in and tell them how to do their job. And uh, what I've learned that really works well for me is that uh, I train people up to a point and I allow them to make some mistakes. Uh, that's not the goal is to allow them to make mistakes, but you know, I, I want my salespeople, I want my, my mechanics, I want everyone who works to me, for me to be assertive. I don't want them to have to wait around to get an order to do something. So if it's the guy that's cleaning machines, I want him to be assertive and be like, I'm done with what I have to do, but now I'm, I'm going to move on to something else because I know this just needs to get taken care of. Or if he notices, hey, there's oil leaking here that shouldn't be leaking or hydraulic fluid that's leaking that should be... I, oh, I'm going to go tell the mechanic, right? I, I don't want anyone on my team to say that's not my job. And um, I want someone to be assertive and say, well, I'm noticing this, so how can I be, you know, what can I do to help, you know, uh, to be a yes person. And same thing for, for my salespeople and, and my management team to, to allow them to make decisions and say, you know, with customers, if a customer's upset, to not just sit there and argue with them for over $100, you know, because it's wasting, you know, that counterperson's time away from the phones and wasting the customer's time, they're going to be upset, you know, and, uh, before, you know, we used to have this stance where it was like, fight everything, and then I remember, uh, you know, because that's, because I felt it was right, and my dad would come in and he'd be like, nah, it's like, it's not worth it, and it took me a while to understand that it wasn't, how it wasn't worth it, you know, if you're bringing it a lot of money every day. It's like I, I've started to learn from him. Like there's a cost of doing business. And it's funny because there's sometimes where he'll get frustrated over something the customer does or maybe a vendor does. And I'll have to remind him it's a cost of doing business, you know? And so we joke around about that, but it's very true. It's like, you know, there has to be some wiggle room. And I, I've always told my employees, you know, I re if I know that we're going to, 
if I mentally set aside money every year just for all the mess ups that are going to happen, I'd rather give it to them through, you know, bonuses or, you know, a better lunch or doing something for it. I'd rather give it back to my employees in gratitude. You know, if I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of money each year on, on the dumb stuff that happens around my work or, or we mess up, I'd rather give it to my employees. Yeah. Them hearing that, I think, helps motivate them to want to be better employees, you know. So, I, I, like I said, I think my strength is comes into hurting cats. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so you, and obviously, you know, you're you're still a young man, uh, continue, continuing your education in the rental industry as sure. well as, um, do, you, do you get a chance to speak with others who've done business continuation and heard their stories? What are you, what are you doing there? Yeah, I'm constantly picking other guys' brains. You know, luckily I'm in a really good bag group. You know, probably the best bag group uh, out of all the bag groups, I would say. I've never experienced any other bag groups, but I'm just going to go ahead and say mine's the best, which is the bro bag. Um, you know, it, it's filled with other rental operators that are just uh, taking over their family businesses and, and hearing their stories and the transition and the similar struggles. Uh, really, there's nothing like having people kind of like, I, I don't want to say validate, but it, you know, it's just like, Hey, they have empathy of the same experiences and we get to kind of feed off each other and be like, okay, how do you handle this situation? And uh, what's your experience with it? And, you know, what I really love about my bag group is that no one's telling each other what they got to do, right? Because everyone's, everyone's, everyone's thing is different, but we get to hear other people's experiences and we kind of get to take and learn from other people uh, what they went through. And it is so beneficial to, to reach out to my friends because they are my friends now uh, and say, hey, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do about this? You know, like, have you ever ran across this? And, and it's so awesome. And, and I appreciate it's it. Awesome. You know, you were one of the founders of that peer group. Um, and I know that, you know, I was in and out kind of paying attention to what was going on, but Definitely took a little bit of time to get its legs under it, and uh, now it's our largest peer group, uh, member-wise. And and gosh, there has to be at least I'm guessing maybe eight operators in there who are have recently gone through business continuation or succession, or right. are in the process of it. Right. So it's like you know so many different examples. And when we look at succession planning and continuation planning. You, got, you have to plan for the operation transition, uh, but then you also need to get to a point where there's a financial and legal transition. Um, and, you know, that's a hard part. That's the, you know, it'd be great if you could commit it to paper and that way everybody in the room, especially if you guys have board meetings, have you guys done anything or discussed that at all yet? Or do you see that, you know, three years out or what's the timing on some of that? You know, it's been talked about, uh, but it hasn't really come about just yet. You know, I think uh, it's something that I dream of, um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's something that is still on the table. I have a younger brother, and, um, you know, I think 
know, there, there's still a lot more discussion has to happen. Um, you know, I think the dream that my parents have is that my brother and I run this hand in hand, side by side. And, um, you know, and that's, in my eyes, I don't see that as a reality. And I know there's other rental operators out there that have siblings that, you know, um, they're the only one running the business and their siblings aren't involved in it. And uh, I know they're experiencing similar things that, I was, that I'm going through, you know. Yeah, there's no question. That's one of the challenges. Obviously, there's um, you know we there's an organization called the Family Business Institute, and there's plenty of uh, family businesses out uh, consultants out there that that kind of work through those issues. And you know, you having a peer group of, of people who've kind of worked through that, uh, siblings at the table and trying to figure out those things. Uh, number of members in the entire uh, network of bag groups that do that. So that might be. Might be a good little uh, summit we do on family business or something. I, I never even thought of that till now, but we'll have to think about that in the future. And you, um, so real quick, you had mentioned your brother. Uh, what kinds of things is he doing in the business at this point? So currently, he's not involved with the business. He, he's he's working for another company. And to be honest, at, at his age, I did the same thing. So I, you know, working there is something to be said especially if you grow up with a family business that working for other people and having a different boss and getting paid by someone else who has their own rules, who has their own policies that have their own organizational charts and all these other things like that is, you know, working for other people is so important. It really puts a really good perspective on, on yourself, you know, on where you fit in and, and, you know, and being a part of something and being a worker bee. And uh, I'm really grateful for working for other companies, uh, to be honest. Well, and, you know, obviously you guys are getting the benefit of that right now. Now, let's just uh, pivot for a second and, and talk briefly about your involvement outside of FNB. So sure. obviously Rob Shipley has been very active with California Rental Association. Obviously we have the rental rally happening this month. So absolutely everybody go out and, and check out the, uh, the website where the rental rally is taking place for California Rental Association. And um, you have been very active uh, with the American Rental Association. Yes. Uh, what's, what's your current status look like with that? So I am currently the ARA of California president. I was uh, very lucky to get chosen and appointed by my peers. Um, and I, I'm very, you know, they, for them to think of me as, uh, to kind of lead the charge a little bit, I, you know, I, I don't take that lightly. You know, when my peers uh, elected me to become the president of, of California, I, it's an honor. You know, there's a lot of people in California. There's a lot of talented people in California. There's a lot of people being of service uh, in the ARA in California, and uh, you know it's. I see it as definitely um, it's a, it's an awesome experience, you know, being involved with the ARA. I I really challenge everyone to be involved with their association if they're in one because it's so I get so much out of it. I, I mean, honestly, there's times where I think, wow, I, I don't know, like. I feel like I should be paying for this experience, you know, 
just just between like the networking side of meeting all these new people, and then on top of that, the resources. Like when you fully tap into the ARA and what it has to provide, it's like the resource amount is just wow. There's so many resources um, from the state side to the the national side, getting to know other rental operators. Just it's a wonderful experience. I, I think if, if someone has the opportunity and the, the bandwidth to do it, I think they should do it. You know, and and yeah, well, absolutely. You, you- I would say, you know, again, we are, we really appreciate having you guys in our network, and I'm sure the ARA with, you know, the many trips to caucus and dealing with legislative issues in the state and, you know, staying on top of things and keeping an exter- external look beyond just your company, uh, it's been uh, really appreciated by, by both peer executive groups as well as with uh, the different associations, but we really appreciate you joining us today, Alberto, and definitely uh, give our best to Rob and Jessica. And Absolutely. Thank, thank you for joining us on Peer Talk. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.